I read most of my text for, to you early in the morning, or early this service, I should say. Uh, I want to read just a little bit, though, from Luke chapter 19, verse uh, 38. This is basically where I stopped. It says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you, if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be a Pharisee. This is a day for incredible celebration. It's a day of rejoicing. I believe every day of our lives need to be held in that kind of sway. That God has given us opportunity to live. That he's filled us with the power of his spirit. That he wants to touch a world. A world that is terribly broken. Through our lives that he has poured in his hope and his healing, and his promise into us. Today we celebrate a countdown, actually. It's a countdown that's going to culminate in five days at a place called Calvary. Some of these followers were genuinely seeking the Messiah. Some were just people out to corner and conquer Jesus. Today it's a group of people that shout, Hosanna, glory to the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And within a few days, they're going to declare, we have no king but Caesar. It was an unpredictable crowd. They blew hot and cold, if you will, and eventually turned sullen and would demand in unison crucify him. On his final ministry swing through Israel as he approached Jerusalem, on this, uh, on this wonderful moment. He encountered a number of people, familiar people, people that we've heard of many times. I just want to touch on these very, very briefly. He ran into a rich ruler. We called him the rich young ruler. We don't know too much about him, except that he was very wealthy, and he had a great interest in Jesus. He, he, he wanted to be a part of this group. He saw something, obviously, that, that was very attractive to him. And I think Jesus loved this young man. I think Jesus cared for this young man a lot. And he said, what, uh, how can I follow you? Jesus said something very simple, very shocking to him. He said, sell everything you've got and follow me. See, folks, Christ is an everything type of a thing. Christ isn't something that we take in our lives and we just add that to the, the pocket of things that we've already got. Christ is everything. Or he is nothing. Jesus ran into a number of people on, on that trip. He ran into a blind beggar. Guy was sitting on the side of the road. He had been blind virtually all of his life. He knew nothing but begging. He had not seen the light of day. He had not seen a sunrise or, or a sunset. And he heard about Jesus. He'd heard a lot about him. And, and, and one of the things that he heard was the fact that Jesus was a miracle worker. Jesus was a person who 
heal people. And the entourage of Jesus, and believe me, that would have been a crowd coming through that community. And here's this blind man, a beggar man, sitting on the side of the road. Nobody would like to pay attention to him. He was just, a, just something there. And he began to cry out. And Jesus stopped and turned to him and said, what do you want? The man said, I want to see. Blindness is a terrible thing. Blindness is a problem. Many people are blind today, aren't they? They can see quite well. They can see the sunrise. They can see the sunset. And yet they don't see the spiritual need of their lives. They don't see the value of Jesus coming into your life and living in your life. They don't see those things. I want to talk to you for a moment here, just very briefly, about a couple of three other people. Actually, this was a group that Jesus ran into. Going through a little Samaritan town, he ran into a group of people. Uh, they were 10 lepers. These are people with a death sentence hanging over them 24-7. There was no cure for leprosy. It was a horrible disease that continued to eat away at your flesh and your body. And uh, they, 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 had to, they had to go about, and when they, when they walked about, they had to say, unclean, unclean. Because nobody wanted to be a, close to them. Nobody, you don't want to catch leprosy. And so here's these 10 guys, pitiful guys, pitiful men without any hope whatsoever. The only thing they had to look forward to was death. They scrounged through garbage piles to get something to eat. They were worth nothing. And yet Jesus spoke to them. I think I've got an unusually loud hum here. <laughs> Jesus spoke to them, and he spoke healing into their lives. Ten lepers, ten people with a death sentence, Ten were healed, and Jesus said, go and tell the authorities that you're healed, that you're whole. And they all took off, and I think the lesson is, and you've probably heard this before, is the fact that only one of them turned around and said, thank you. Thank you for healing my disease that was terminal, my disease in which there was no hope for my life. Jesus was going through the community of Jericho and he ran into a guy named Zacchaeus, this little shyster tax collector guy. Nobody liked him either. Nobody liked him. He was not necessarily public enemy number one, but they just didn't like him. Because this guy had the authority to rip people off and do it legally. And that's what he did and he did it quite well. He lived well while everybody else was poor. But he'd heard about Jesus. I'm one of these people that feels like there's something on the inside of virtually every person, and I believe every person in this room too, something on the inside that wants God. Because you see, that's how God created you. 
He created you with a, a, if you will, a God consciousness. See, that's what differentiates you between you and a, and a cat or a dog or a, or a cow or a pig or something like that. You have a, there's a God consciousness that God put inside of you. And this God consciousness and, and this, this, uh, this uh, shifty little guy named Zacchaeus became alive because he heard about this guy called Jesus that was coming through the area. Nobody was going to give him any, any breaks. You know, we're going to stand in front of this thing. We want to see Jesus. Buddy, you can, you can take a hike. He was some little guy. If I was casting him in a movie, I'd cast Danny DeVito. Every time I hear about Zacchaeus, I think of Danny DeVito. Just the perfect Zacchaeus. Anyway, so Zacchaeus climbs a tree. And Jesus is walking under this tree. It's, it's incredible. But you've got to remember, this is God walking along, isn't it? This is a person that knows everything. And he stopped underneath that tree and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. He even knew his name. Folks, that's good news today. That's good news today because God knows my name. God knows your name. He singles you out. He doesn't say, hey, you. Hey, you over there. I might do that, probably would do it. But not Jesus. Jesus knew his name, Zacchaeus. And here's the shocker. Come down. I'm going to have lunch at your place today. He didn't say that to the Pharisee crowd. He didn't say that to the religious crowd. He says, I'm going to have lunch at your house. And I don't know what transpired at that lunch. We can only speculate. But Zacchaeus came out of that house a different man. He said, all the people that I've cheated, I'm going to give it all back and fourfold and everything else. That's the evidence of transformed life. Zacchaeus was transformed. And that's what God does today in church services like this. He transforms life. God doesn't want you to walk into a church service like this and walk out the same way you came in. He wants you to walk out a new person, a new creation, somebody that God has touched, somebody that God has transformed, somebody that God has taken the, the, the junk of our sin and washed it out of our lives and gives us new hearts and new desires. That's what God wants to do. The last thing I'm going to express to you, it's not a person that Jesus met. It's a thing that he did. I mean, we celebrate today, we shout, we've got the palm branches going and the whole thing. And that's fine. That's appropriate. But there was a private moment. There was a moment that I don't think anybody really knew too much about. I think the disciples were at a distance. But there was a moment that Jesus looked over the city that he loved, the city that was literally the soul, the heartbeat of Israel, Jerusalem. And he looked over that city, and the Bible says Jesus wept. 
He wept because prophet after prophet after prophet for hundreds of years before Jesus walked on those streets had come to that city, had spoken into the lives of Israel and they ignored him. And here the greatest of all prophets, Jesus Christ, the son of God, is coming through the gates. His message has already been told. It will be told again. And will they hear? And so that's where I close this morning. There's a message that's been spoken. A message that is real. A message that is filled with promise, with hope, with forgiveness. It's a message that God wants to deliver to every person in this room. And believe me, he knows your name, your name, your name. He knows who you are. It's not, hey, you. He'll speak and call you by name. And he's interested enough in your life, so interested in your life, that in five days from today, he went to a cross and died for you. He didn't have to do that. I know my Bible well enough that he could have called, the Bible says I could have called 12 legions of angels. That's tens of thousands. Nobody's going to put me on a cross. But he did. And he died for me. He died for you. He died for you. He died for you. And that's what makes our lives new again, brand new. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for the, for the message of the cross, for the message of Palm Sunday, of rejoicing. But Father, more than that, more than just a season of rejoicing, but a moment in which we must reflect on the great grace of God and the wonder of him coming into our lives. And so, Father, I pray this morning, I pray for people in this church, I pray for individuals that are, that are here this morning, and something has happened, something, something so incredible, something so full of God has happened in their life, and they feel it right now in their heart. They feel it. They sense it. Maybe it came through some music or these wonderful little puppets or teenagers dramatically sharing the great story of Jesus or this message. But Father, there is a need in their lives today, a need to simply say that Christ would come in and live within them, asking for forgiveness of sin and redemption. If there's somebody in the room right now that's praying right now, I'm going to ask you to join me praying. You need Christ. This is your day. This is your moment to simply open your heart, follow right along with me. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. I'm sorry for my sin. And I repent of it. I'm not going down that road anymore. 
I'm going to ask you to help me to live a new life. Jesus Christ, come into my heart and my life. Live in me. I believe you died for me and I believe you rose from the dead. And today, in this church service, I ask you to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. I want to live for you. Help me to do this. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.